Well, good evening, everybody. Like I said, what a beautiful day it's been and just leading up to this service and then the following services are going to happen on later this week. And it just reminds me of the, the, of the wonderful gift that the Lord has given us, not just uh, the provisions he gives us, but the, you know, the life-giving blood that he, he spilled for us. Recently, I had the opportunity to um, listen to a, another speaker, a pastor, talking. He was talking about the importance of having a clear picture of the events that happen in the Bible and in God's word. If you don't have a clear picture of the Bible, God's word, um, for that matter, it can be very difficult to understand. And for me, one of those examples or the stories that God was of God telling Abraham to sacrifice his, um, his son. That was a really difficult um, story for me to digest, you know, being a father and, and just imagining putting myself in his situation. Um, and that's in Genesis 22. We're going to go through that a little bit. But if you're not f- familiar with that clear story, it, it can be terrifying to hear that God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. So before we get into that, let's just go before the Lord in prayer and uh, lift it, this message up to him. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the sacrifice, Lord, uh, the spilling of blood, Lord, the loss of your only begotten son for our sins, Lord. So as we go forward in this message today, Lord, we pray that you are glorified and your message comes through. In your name we pray, amen. So I'm just going to, I just want to read through that story real quick, and then we'll, we'll, we'll tie it into communion and um, go from there. I'm in Genesis 22, 1 through 13. I'll give you a minute to get, give you a second to get there. Genesis 22, 1 through 13. Now it came to pass, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place out far off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will be back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham and his father, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire in the wood, but there is Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to a place of which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there, and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him, from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and he looked and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. If you're familiar with Abraham, um, up, up to this point in his life, you, you'll know that this wasn't Abraham's first experience with God. 
Um, God had already revealed himself to Abraham many times through Abraham's successes and failures. Through his faith and fear in his promises and forgiveness, Abraham knew the character of God. I mean, have we experienced the character of God? Have you been delivered from your transgressions? Abraham had all of these experiences. And what we know is that Abraham obeyed God's unexpected order. And he obeyed that because Abraham knew that Abraham knew that God to be good and trustworthy. I'd also like to point out that the trust and obedience of Abraham's son, Isaac, a good son obeying his father, who in following his father, Isaac didn't know when they set out on that mission that his death sentence had already been signed. And lastly, it shows God's rewarding Abraham for his faithfulness. And it it all points to Jesus. So what I want to do is take some time to uh, get a clear picture of what today is, or Good Friday. What's so good about Jesus' own earthly people torturing and killing him on the cross? So if we turn to um, Luke 2, 46-49. Luke 2, 46-49. And this is really where it all begins. Well, an important day, I think, for, for when it begins for me. Luke 2, 46-49. And it reads, Now so it was that the, after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. His mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And that's what we're, gonna, that's what we're here today. Understanding what the, the father's business was for his son. It's something that I think that separated you know, the, the Isaac situation from Jesus. Jesus knew from the start what his ending would be on earth, which would turn into an eternity uh, for all of us. Um, and, and to say that this happened on the Passover, nonetheless. Um, so what, what is Jesus' mission? What is his father's business? It was sharing the gospel, the salvation of mankind, and being the justifier of those that are faithful. Today is about his father's business. In Gill's exposition, he writes, The business that Christ came about was to preach the gospel, and which he afterwards performed with great clear, clear clearness and fullness with much power majesty and authority with great constancy and diligence with much concern for the souls of men and later on he goes on to say the main and the principal part of his business was to work out the salvation for his people by fulfilling the law making reconciliation and atonement for their sins and obtaining eternal redemption this was a business which neither angel nor men could do this is the business that the child Jesus was about. Doing something that neither men nor angel could do. Only the Son of God could perform. In Romans 3.10, you've got a Bible, you can more than welcome to join me there. Romans 3.10. 3.10-20, as it is written, there is none righteous, not one. 
There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. Not one. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness? Their feet are swift and shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may be guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. None of us are justified. None of us are justified to sit next to the Lord, to be in the Lord's presence. And that's what we're getting to. That's what Jesus was set out here to do, to justify us, not through our works, but through his works. By ourselves, our works, our riches, our character are nothing. We're nothing but sinners unjustified. Uh, we talk about the good, good news. The bad news is we're all sinners. And we all need cleansing. But if we continue reading in that same in that same chapter, in Romans 3.21, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God throughout faith is Jesus Christ to all and all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ whom God set forth as a appropriation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of, of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. Again, he's both just, he's both perfect, and the justifier, cleansing us so that we are able to enter into the kingdom with him and his father. That is the only way we enter into the kingdom. And that was, again, his father's business. The good news, God sent Jesus to complete the law to justify the unjust. Is Jesus your justifier? Is Jesus your justifier? That's the question we have to constantly be asking us ourselves constantly. That's the question we ask our neighbors and those that we think you know, that may not know the Lord, is Jesus our justifier. And unlike, like I said, unlike Isaac, who was on a mission with his father, obeying his father, he went up to the mountain. Isaac did not know that his death was at the end of that mission. Jesus knew that death awaited for him at the cross, and yet he still chose this for us of his own free will. And that's an important part of it. He chose this of his own free will. John 10, 18 says, No one takes it from me. This is Jesus speaking. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Jesus lays down his life of his own free will. This was his mission. This is his business of his Father. John nineteen seventeen, and just truncating this, truncating this this evening, just to kind of bring it right up to where we're at today, this Friday. 
John 19, 17 through 18. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of school, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others, one on either side and Jesus in the center. Good Friday is a memorial service, a reminder to us of the event that Jesus Christ free will sacrifice and dying on the cross for our sins. So as we take communion this evening, we do it in remembrance that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Sent, to, sent his son to be appropriation and atonement for our sins. So as we eat the bread and drink the cup this evening, we do it in remembrance of him. A remembrance of him and his sacrifice that he made that we may be justified to have fellowship with God. And if the deacons and elders would uh, come forward and pass out the offering, um, I will read from the scripture and then we'll partake together. So please wait for everybody to um, get situated and, and get the offering.
well, what a blessing it is that we have these problems where <laughs> we have more people than we anticipated. But um, again, thank you, everybody, for being here. Um, we're going to read from Matthew 26, and then we'll partake. Um, and Matthew 26, 26 reads, And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Let's pray. Broken bread represents your body, Lord, in remembrance of your willingness to take the punishment we deserve, Lord. We remember the demonstration of your love for us, and we thank you for it. Please partake. And in Matthew 26, 27, 27 through 29 reads, Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, for your, thank you, Lord, for this new covenant for the blood that was shed for the many, for the remission of sins, so that we may be justified through you, not of our works, but your sacrifice on the cross. Please partake. And lastly, in Matthew twenty six thirty, it reads, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Please stand and join us for a, a final song uh, before we close this evening out.
for the cross, Lord. We thank you for your life-giving blood, Lord, that eternal life that is promised to us, Lord. So as we go through this weekend, Lord, we just pray that you help us to remember you and remember the sacrifice that you did on the cross for us, Lord. And we thank you for your Father giving us the perfect sacrifice, Lord, that is you, Lord. So we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your love, and we thank you for your grace, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, if you need prayer, you're more welcome to come up, and we'd love to pray with you. You're more welcome to stick around in fellowship. We have a sunrise service at 6.30 a.m. on Sunday. We have our resurrection Sunday services at 10.30 on Sunday. So please, uh, we look forward to seeing you out there.